Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I am so honored to have Ed Molitor, former NCAA basketball coach, corporate executive, and owner of the Molitor Group on the show today. From a husband and a father to an entrepreneur, Ed exudes energy, passion, and diligence in everything he does, even down to the smallest molecule of his DNA. You're going to feel that today. That means investing in high-performance individuals and teams. And what he does is he teaches them to think, act, and execute at an elite level, starting with what he calls his seven pillars for victory. And I absolutely love this. We'll be unpacking all seven of these pillars over three episodes. We also talk about what winning truly means to us and how behavior drives process, reconnects you to your values, and taps into accountability, culture, and motivation. This unique skill set delivers something for everyone in unlocking their true potential. I met Ed when he invited me to come on his show, The Athletics of Business, and we hit it off and we've quickly become friends. Like this guy's gonna be a buddy for a very long time. And so I had to have him on the show. I think he's gonna be a repeat guest. You're gonna love him. But before we get started, If you haven't signed up for my free newsletter adaptation, you should check it out. Every Friday, I'll send you actionable tips for your mind, body, and recovery to help you look, feel, and perform better. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. Now to my talk with Ed. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Ed, it is so awesome to have you on the blueprint after coming on your show. I think it was like immediately after the show was over, I was like, all right, you're coming on my show. Yeah. And with our shared background in sports, having both been in Aggieland, like it was kind of like a match made in heaven. And I'm just very thankful that you and I have connected. And I'm excited to share with our audience today some really cool things. And I'm just going to go and ask the leading question here that we're going to dive into over several episodes. But why is it important to define winning in your life and in your business? It's such a great question that often is really not asked right but we know this victory undefined is what it's victory unfulfilled like if you don't know what winning means to you if you don't know if you can't clearly articulate what success means to you and why that's what it means to you you're not going to figure out how to go about achieving it at the highest level and that is why it's so critical to be able to take the time and really break down what and if you want to build a sustainable winning culture inside of your organization you have to know exactly what that culture means to you, what it means to the people, and what is the daily behaviors that are going to drive and elevate that culture. Mm. I think we forget about behaviors and we think about big lofty words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and behavior drives everything, right? Your behavior drives the process and your process drives the level of success that you're going to experience. And how we think is how we feel, how we feel is how we act. It's a very simple way of breaking some things down. But if we focus on our attention on the behaviors that drive a sustainable winning culture, one that people want to be a part of, one in which side your people know that they're valued, that the work they are doing is meaningful and important, and in a culture where they know they are going to be coached, where they have coaching leaders that are going to step aside alongside them and take the journey with them, okay? And you need to be able to define what that means to you. And you need to be able to define it not just for yourself, but for each of your team members, So like for AIM7, my company, it's helping people live healthy and impactful lives. Like that's winning. We believe that if you're healthy, then you can actually maximize your potential, which means you have greater impact on the world around you. So that's winning for us, right? right? That's the big lofty 
winning goal, right? Now, there's lots of ways we can get there. What is winning for your group? Well, fire group is this, is if we can connect people in such a way that we teach them how to coach their people where they can impact, inspire, positively influence and inspire their people to achieve things that maybe they don't even think they're capable of achieving. Mm-hmm. You know, people think the athletics of business, and I, I love when I'm at a, a party or an event, and they're like, oh, so you do like motivational stuff. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Okay, <laughs> we don't. All right, I really believe like when you – and. It, you have to have motivation, like right? There has to be the motivation, Peach. And I believe motivation at its highest form and, and purest level is intrinsic. Mm-hmm. You have to have it. But I believe when we spend so much time, and you think about frontline leaders, okay? And if you spend so much time just simply mo- trying to motivate your people, you're spending the majority of your time trying to get them to do things that they probably don't want to do. Mm. Okay, and you think in terms of athletics, right? The extra rep, the extra mile, the extra sprint, the extra 20 minutes of practice, the getting up 10 minutes early to get to the pool to swim. Well, when you figure out a way to connect with your people and to tap into it and inspire them to keep going, right, and to mm-hmm. develop that intrinsic motivation. And, and you know, it's funny because I, growing up a coach's son, my dad would always say, you know, I know I've done my job when I can walk into practice five minutes late, which he never would. But I can walk into practice five minutes late, and you guys will be doing exactly what I would have been doing if I was here as your coach. So in other words, you'll be doing the drill that I would have been doing, the way I would have been doing it. Hold each other accountable like I would have been holding you accountable, as well as picking each other up and encouraging each other. You know, and I think as, I think as coaching leaders, when we define winning, we have to figure that into our formula for success. Like, how do we get our people to that place? Because you and I both know that, and I don't want to get off on too much of a tangent here, that you and I both know that the most successful teams often are player-led teams. 100%. Okay. And that's when you get that emotional buy-in. Now, you and I talked about this, you know, on my show, about the emotional attachment. And when I say emotional attachment, I'm not saying riding that roller coaster of the highs and lows. We want to stay even. But that meaning, like Mm -hmm. winning means something to me. Like we live in this culture. It's so pervasive. Like we're afraid to talk about winning. And if folks don't think that everybody gets a trophy culture, isn't hurting the business world, the athletic world right now, you really need to step back and be honest with yourself and take a deep look because it is big time. People feel entitled, all right? They feel like if you celebrate him, you have to celebrate me, even though I didn't perform at the level that I should perform on. And that's where the victory for us and the defining what winning truly means became so significant and so important. I'm not afraid to talk about winning. I mean, and this is something you think about, some of the things that we've been through with health scares right in our world. Right. And if I'm going to walk into an operating room and I'm going to, or if my family member or a close friend of mine is going to be on that operating table and a heart surgeon is walking in and getting ready to perform a potential life-saving operation procedure, regardless of what's going on in that human being's world that day, mm-hmm. whether his wife yelled at him for forgetting to take out the garbage, right? Whether his business partner is bailing, whatever's going on. I want to make sure that he's committed to winning mm. and what that winning means to him in that moment. And I think that's why, and you look at the athletic world and some of the things that are going on right now. Okay. Let's take the Alabama basketball situation. Yeah. Okay. Now I could have told you something was going to happen there. I couldn't have told you this was going to happen there because this is God awful. Okay. As in, when a leader has a track record of defining women driven by metrics and numbers and championships and dollars, it is not sustainable. Mm. When you can define winning in a way that your people feel like they are better for it, that there's meaning behind it, that it makes them better 
as people, okay, that it makes them contribute to the greater good. When you can define winning as a, an inclusive culture where your level of value isn't simply determined by your output, mm. right? And it's not sustainable to do things in a way where you're just driven by metrics. And I think that's why, even though we're not afraid to talk about winning, the way we view winning and victory might be completely different than the way others do. But that's okay because that's what it, you know it means to us. Okay, I love this because first of all, like you know, I've raised money for people that are investing in my company. They're not investing in a losing venture, right? <laughs> right? No, no. Uh, no. But at the same time, like how, like we talk about, like I'm thinking about back to myself because the best way to to take this and actually make it usable is to internalize. It. Like I need to connect my people to this to this goal of how do we help people have healthy and impactful lives? And for my personal life, what is Eric's, what does winning look like for me? It's leveraging my knowledge, skill, and ability that God has given me to help impact others. Is there a metric around that? Does that mean I get 50,000 downloads of my podcast? No. Does that mean, does it mean I'm a good neighbor? Hopefully. Does that mean that I'm a good husband and father that I'm, I'm investing in my kids and then I'm using what I've learned to help them? That's where I think like when you have these bigger definitions of winning, the behaviors can come from all different areas. Now, I know you have like seven pillars and five fundamentals. I'd love to really dive into these pillars of winning because I think people, this could be of huge value to folks of like, let's kind of get down to some tactics here of like, what does this look like? Let me jump into that. But before I want to point something out that you just said, I think it's very important for folks to understand. Metrics are important. Yes. Right. Metrics are very important, but that's a byproduct of doing things the right way for the right reason. And the only way we can get to that point and to get to those numbers and sustain it is to understand what winning means to us and what victory means to us. So how do you do that? And we've taken the word victory. We've broken it down into seven pillars. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll give you all seven and then we'll jump into the first two here to start with. And, and the seven are this. The first one is values. Okay. The second one is intangibles. The third is creativity. The fourth is team. The fifth is objectives. The sixth is rules of the game. And then the why is you. Mm. And as we sit and we, we peel back and we talk about values, who you are and what you stand for, what is it? Because you and I both know there's going to come a point in time where you absolutely have to take a stand for what you believe in. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I believe is one of the number one drivers of success and to me the most fulfilling thing to really focus on from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed is relationships. And the foundation of any relationship is trust. I'm not sure about, well, I am sure about you because I've, we've been blessed <laughs> enough to get to know each other. But if you value and you're dialed into your values and your values-based and purpose-driven, relationships are so important and people want to be connected to you. And you're going to surround yourself with like-minded people. And I think the very first step and like, okay, what, what does winning mean to me? What are my values? What is it that I value? What is it that is important to me? Okay. That makes, and that I have, makes so much sense because yeah. if you don't know those values, then you have no idea what behaviors are going to get you to the outcome that you desire. Well, exactly. And, and here's what values, they help you make decisions. They help you mm -hmm. figure out who to surround yourself with. They help you figure out what projects, what tasks am I going to undertake that are purpose-driven? And, and I think it's very important. I had this conversation with a coaching client of mine yesterday. You have to keep your values front and center. 
All right, you have to keep your values front and center, whether it's right on a piece of paper. I have mine. I have a huge whiteboard here on this side of my, my studio, and my values are very simple. Okay, it took a lot of work to get to these. I worked with a creative team that's phenomenal, and there was a lot of pushing, shoving, not literally, right? We're yeah, mentally. I get it, though. Emotion. There's yeah. going to be okay. friction. I, even though they may have wanted to push and shove me at some point <laughs> with my pushback. You okay. would call it boxing out, right, basketball guy? We could do that, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> more people need to box out. But transformation Okay, not trans, not not transactional, but transformational. Transformation, fundamentals, compassion, mental toughness, and vision. Mm. Those are my five fundamentals, and I look at those every single day when I walk into the studio and, and step over to my desk, or, and I look up there, and I want to make sure that I have those front and center because those help guide me in what I'm doing. And you and I both know, like when you build a business. Okay, and you build a successful business, you are going to have those days where it's tempting to take a shortcut. Okay, you can operate in a little bit of a gray area, even though you know you might be leaning towards the dark side as opposed to the light side, right? Mm -hmm. And when when you lock into your values, it keeps you real and it keeps you true. And when you sit there and you talk about when you talk about, okay, I understand my values. How well do you communicate them? And that doesn't necessarily mean like, I'm going to tell you what my values are. How well do you communicate with your values in mind? So if my values are transformation, my, one of my values is transformation, okay? Then when I'm inside of a conversation with someone, let's say a client who we're negotiating, okay? And you're kind of wearing thin on some of the things that they're doing. And you just want to get to the bottom line and just figure this out and let's move forward. Well, what I do is I peel back like the number one thing, the number one concern here is where we get this right and work it out so that I can make the impact that I need on others so they can make the impact that they need on the people that they lead. So how can I lean into that value inside of this conversation? And then let's say I'm going 10,000 miles an hour and there's a million things going on in my world and I'm having a conversation with one of my team members who is off the rails with distractions is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. How do I pause? Where does my compassion show up? Okay. Mm. And, and how do I lean into that conversation and understand I need to stay true at that moment to what the things are that I say that I value? All mm. right. So how well do you communicate your values? And I just think we talk all the time about growing through adversity, not going through adversity. So many folks focus on, okay, let's just get through this. If we can just get through this, we're going to be okay. How do you grow through that adversity? And you believe in the process, stay true to the process, and trust the process. And one of the best ways to do that is go back to your roots, go back to your anchors, and know what it is that you stand for. So true. Don't go through it. Grow through it. Absolutely. Amen. That kind of goes back to something that I teach a lot about is about adaptability. Why undertake stress if you're not going to get better? Right. And even bad situations can turn out for the best. You know, people say, I went through a difficult relationship and I came out the other side stronger. If you're true to your values, then even the difficult ups and downs can turn out to be something of, of benefit to you and a benefit to others. Let's talk about intangibles. What does that mean? Well, and, and really values lead to intangibles and intangibles are the little things. Okay, what, what separates you? And we often, like in athletics, we talk about intangibles, right? Diving for loose balls, making the extra effort, talking, communicating with your teammates, being the coach on the floor, putting in the extra hours in the gym or on the track or wherever it may be for you. But what are the little things you do as a coaching leader from our perspective? What are the things that you do to lead your people? 
Do you, do mm. you take the time and ask one question? Are you curious? Like, are you known by your people to be a curious leader that where you want to know everything you possibly can about them, okay? And we talk about separation, get separation. And it's not just from your competition, but what about where you were yesterday? What about where you were three hours ago? And if you continue to do the little things, how does that make you get better? I had Kevin Eastman on the podcast a while back, and Kevin, a wonderful coach, an amazing coach, actually first met Kevin when I was, I didn't know that I was meeting Kevin. I was playing at Creighton. He was an assistant coach at the University of Tulsa at the time. Then he went on to Colorado State, but then I coached against him when he was at Washington State, and I was at Texas A&M. And him. There you go. That's right. Right. And, uh, and we do have some few stories about that place. And then we were connected through a mutual friend and I had him on the podcast and Kevin was the assistant coach for doc rivers with the Boston Celtics when they won it. And then he was doc's president of basketball operations with the Clippers. And then Kevin retired and he's one of the most well-respected minds in the game on developing players, developing people and leadership and, and, and thought leadership. And, on the podcast, he said, everybody thinks the league is full of superstars, the NBA being the league. Everybody thinks the league is full of superstars. What it really is is a bunch of role players. And regardless whether you're a superstar or a role player, their focus every single day is just to get better that day. Mm. So what's the little thing you're going to do today to just get better? What is it? You know, Fridays, it's baked in for me. Fridays, I get up at 4.30, and I put together the, the weekly newsletter. I mean, that's just that's just what I do. And people say, oh, that's great. What is, I'll tell you what. If you look at the numbers and if you stand where I'm standing right now and read the emails I get every single Friday or Saturday or Sunday that follow up on the newsletter, it is so rewarding and so fulfilling. And I learn as much from the folks that reach out to me as they learn from, from reading our newsletter. And the connections we make, the relationships I built, which I really, when I started it, four and a half years ago, no idea I was going to build these relationships, right? It's a little thing. It's just a little thing that I, that I did. And as a leader, when you listen, are you listening to understand? Or are you listening to wait for your turn to talk so you can deliver the message you're trying to live? So the intangibles are so critical because they're also for what you become known for. When I was a college basketball coach and I'd go see you play, okay? By the time I got there, I, pretty, I was pretty sure you were good enough. I may have seen you play in the summer. Okay, I may have heard about you from someone who is a trusted friend of mine, another coach, okay, or someone else around the business, around the, around the circle. And by the time I got to your high school or JUCO game, I, I knew you could play. But here's what I watched. I'd get there early. And when I got there early, I'd watch which person were you when you came out for warm-ups. And when you came out, did you say hi to the, the administrator that was on duty, right? Did you treat your teammates well? Okay, did you actually get quality shots up? Did you stretch? Did you communicate with your team? How did you carry yourself? Okay, did you act like a fool or did you get a sweat? Did you get going? And then during games, how did you interact with your coach? If you made a bonehead play in the court and you came out of the game, how did you carry yourself? Did you walk to the end of the bench and sulk? Did you leave your teammates hanging when they tried to give you five? When your coach was yelling at you or talking to you, regardless of which it was, did you make eye contact? What was your body language? What was your body language when things were going bad? What was your body language when things were going well? And those were the things that were going to sell me on you, okay? When the game was on the line, did you want to make the play? And by make the play, I don't mean just get the ball for the last shot. I mean, did you want to hike your shorts up, defend, 
and go get the rebound? Did you want to dive on the floor for a loose ball? What what was it? When you took the punch in the face, were you able to get on to the, to the next play? What are the little things? And if you think in terms of your world and my, my, the business world, you know the people that you love to be around, the people that you love to be with are the ones, there's just something about them. Like they just do something different than everybody else. And they don't brag about it. They don't showboat about it. It's just who they are. And it's connected to how you view them. And what are the intangible? What is it that sets you apart? What is your legacy going to be? I think this is amazing because there's a million, like in basketball, there's a lot of people that can shoot, pass, dribble. Right. In business, there's a lot of people that can write code or create marketing assets. But people stand out for the, for the way they go about doing it and for the little nuance or the creativity. And that is, you know, what separates the great from the average. Right. And uh, this goes into interpersonal relationships. You know, we have, what, 8 billion people on the planet now, I think, something like that. There's a reason why certain people stick out in your community, because they're generous or they're thoughtful or they're kind. You know, people are people, but those are the things that make you stick out. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's show, would you please take a picture of the podcast and share it on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, wherever. And at me and Ed with any questions or comments that you may have. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next show.